No my Heidi Mikey Tene Hortaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. I'm Susana Layatawa in for Wallace Chapman today. After more than five years, the regional fuel tax in Auckland will be scrapped from June 30th. The Prime Minister made the announcement at a car park in Parnell this afternoon. Auckland's mayors also wanted the fuel tax scrapped, but only with a plan to replace the revenue. We'll find out more. Meanwhile, in another move as part of its first 100 days plan, the government is scrapping prison reduction targets and cultural reports. The Howard League responds. A trial of facial recognition technology in some foodstuff supermarkets in the North Island has got us talking about how facial recognition works and doesn't and what we can expect if our face is scanned when we go shopping for groceries. New Auckland University research is being launched at a ceremony shortly that suggests three times as many gay and bisexual men could donate blood if new rules were adopted. The Burnett Foundation Aotearoa was part of the research and we'll speak with their kaifakahaere matua. In the South Tararua District settlement of Ikitahuna, a local bloke has broken a 40-year drought by setting up a barber shop. Then one night at all almost came to a grinding halt. We'll find out more. Uh, We're also keeping an eye on Southland. A local state of emergency was declared this afternoon because of concerns about threats to life and homes from erosion. Heavy rain and sea swell has caused increased erosion of the banks at Blue Cliffs Township and Landfill. Emergency Management Controller Simon Mapp says residents should be prepared to evacuate at short notice, but it's not required yet. With me today on the panel in Christchurch, Ali Jones, Papanui Innes Community Board Member in Christchurch and Senior Consultant at Red PR. Kia ora, Ali. Bula, how are you? Bula, great to have you with us. And Ed McKnight here in the studio with me in Auckland, economist at OPS Partners. Great to be here, Susanna. Great to have you. Now, lots of mixed feelings about Valentine's Day, understandably, as it marks one year since Cyclone Gabrielle. So this next story, if we can call it that, is in the spirit of St Valentine. An Auckland animal shelter is hoping to match make dogs with new owners this Valentine's Day. They're putting on an event in the central city. Could there be love at first sight? Kelsey Purcell, Auckland Council's Silverdale Animal Shelter Manager, joins us now. Kia ora, Kelsey. Kia ora. How many dogs are you hoping to match up? Well, we'll be bringing along about 10 dogs of us. Um, but we've always got new dogs coming through the shelters looking for homes. Is this the first time you're having a matchmaking event for dogs? Uh, the first time in a long time. We did this event back in 2015 um, and it was really successful, so we're hoping for similar results. Tell us how the matchmaking works exactly. So we're going to be down at um, Winyard Quarter next Wednesday, Valentine's Day, um, bunch of our dogs, bunch of our staff, and we just encourage everyone to come down and meet them. Um, and if they take to any of the dogs in particular, fill out an application form and we can get the process underway. Um, otherwise, come to any of our shelters, um, make an appointment and come and meet any of the other dogs we've got at any time. Now, what if people aren't ready for commitment? How does that bit work? Um, so they can still come down and meet the puppies, um, hmm. have a cuddle, Get there, yeah. Get some puppy loving on Valentine's Day. Um, 
talk to us about our process and see if it's, if it's something that, whilst they're not ready just yet, they may be in the future. Are you sharing any information about the 10 dogs that are available? Um, so all our dogs are advertised on our Facebook page, so that's Auckland Council Adoptable Animals. How so hard can... is it? How hard is it to find homes for animals that come to you? Some of them really easy. Um, they come in and they they get adopted pretty quickly. Uh, your little cute fluffies, yeah, generally they pretty they fly out the door. Um, it's our mixed breeds, our older dogs. They tend to stick around a bit longer, um, and some of our dogs do require specific owners. So yeah, sometimes it can be hard, and just in this current climate, there's not as many people looking to adopt. What can you tell us about the ages of the dogs that you've got available? Most of them are puppies, so most of them are under that five, six months, um, but we do have a couple of older dogs as well that will be coming to the event. And you'll also be there to talk about dog safety and what people need to know if they do fall in love with one of your puppies. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So we've got some of our animal management officers that will be there as well, um, so they'll be able to talk about what we do to, to keep people safe from dogs in the communities as well as giving people pointers on how, how they can keep themselves safe um, and their dogs as well. Is there a main message, Kelsey, for, that you have for people? Um, the main message at the moment would be please consider if you are looking at adopting a dog that you can commit to that dog for its lifetime. So that is, that is about 15 years. Um, also, de-sex and vaccinate your dogs. I'm going to ask if, if people have actually adopted a dog, it would be great to hear from you. Text 2101 or emails the panel at rnz.co.nz. Ed, will you be popping along? I'd love to pop along. And Kelsey, one thing I'm really interested in finding out is of the dogs that you're going to bring along to this event, which one is most likely to find a match and find love? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> Are you um, asking Kelsey to pick favourites, Ed? <laughs> I, I need to know my shortlist. Which one might I go and look at? I would say Jumba. Um, he's actually been the face of the campaign, and he's he's a big, maybe six month old mastiff cross, and he's just beautiful. I look forward so, yeah. to checking him out. <laughs> now, Ali, I know you're not in Auckland; you're in Christchurch. But how does mm. this all sound to you? You're involved with with um, dog rescue there, aren't you? Yeah, we sort of we don't say we're rescuing them. It's um it can be a bit of a, a fraught uh, issue when you're talking about greyhounds. Uh, but oh, yeah, yes. we, we this is our second greyhound. We've got Billy. First one was called Billy Two. People think we're a bit weird about Billy's because we've got Billy One and Billy Two. So we've got Billy Two. We he is ten now, um, and it's greyhounds as pets fundraising week this week. Kelsey, I don't mean to be overtaking. I just need an opportunity <laughs> to promote this. There's enough love to go around for all oh, of I our. Know. Four poured friends. Yeah, well, we're going to be, uh, Billy and I and a couple of friends will be at the Hallswell New World in Christchurch between 2 and 4 tomorrow. Free pats, and that goes for the dogs too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, come along to that. But I think what you do is amazing, Kelsey. What I want to know is, is this something you could easily replicate and liaise with other councils on? I don't see why not. Yeah, I know we've got an excellent dog team here in Christchurch at the Christchurch City Council. I think it's a great idea. Please yeah, share the how-to, right? Yeah. Share just how to do it. Kelsey, yeah. just to finish, uh, if people are interested, they're having thoughts, they're not sure if they can commit because 15 years, as you point out, this is real commitment. Mm -hmm. How else can people support? 
the animals um, in the shelters that you care for? If you can't commit to 15 years, you could look at getting an older dog. Um, <laughs> but if you don't want to commit to actually owning a dog, there's always rescues that need volunteers, that need foster homes. Mm. So in order for rescues to take dogs in, they need foster homes for them to go into. So that could be a way that you could help the current situation. And just really quickly, how does, how does the foster home work if someone's thinking about that but they've not done it before? So they would take the dog into their home and look after the dog under the rescue until it finds a home. So the rescue pays for everything, um, but the people provide the home. And Kelsey, do the dogs come from you chipped and, and fixed and vaccinated? Yep, registered. Yep. Right, great. Excellent. Kelsey Purcell, all the very best. Thank you very much. Dog matchmaking there in Auckland, and that was Kelsey Purcell from the Silverdale Animal Shelter. Well, I've been thinking, Ali Jones, let's start with you. Well, I've been thinking that in a couple of weeks it'll be um, the 13th anniversary of the February quake. Of course, people were pretty slammed by the September quake as well here in Canterbury, but it'll be the February 22nd quake from 2011 that we will be remembering. Uh, You know, and as each year goes by, the the remembrance reduces somewhat, and I've got no problem with that at all. The memorial wall will, will be the place to go on the 22nd. I won't be there. I don't go there. I can't go there. It's too hard. Um, so I usually have a very quiet day on the 22nd and I've got a number of friends that do but I just wanted to take this opportunity to say please remember you know please consider that this this happened that we're still rebuilding I take a look at what's going on up north with the uh, claims around the weather and the issues that people are dealing with there with EQC and insurers and I hate to say we've seen it all you know and we're still seeing it we have got hundreds and hundreds of people still living in broken homes we've got insurers and EQC still denying delaying it defending it Um, and you know I mentioned this as long as I've got breath in my body and this is still going on I will remind people of this on on the panel because you mustn't forget please don't forget and just remember next time it could be you so um, I just wanted to raise that so that's two weeks and um, yeah don't forget you know what, just, just on that note, Ali, for those of us who aren't in Christchurch, what can we do? I know that sounds corny and I'm not wanting to sound corny. I'm going to be quite serious. No, no, you're not. Because when you just said then about Valentine's Day and, the, and that being the anniversary of um, the cyclone, I'm yeah. going, was it? Seriously. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's at arm's distance to me. Um, watch the news. Think about it. And from my perspective... Support those who are still struggling because, as I said, this isn't only a Canterbury thing. It's not only a top of the North Island thing. It could happen to you. So take an interest in what's going on in insurance and with EQC so that you can help people if you need to. Thank you, Ali. Ed McKnight. I've been thinking a lot about the cost of living recently. In particular. Well, you're an economist, so I'd hope you would be. <laughs> uh, specifically about interest rates, and I just thought I'd highlight that ANZ Bank recently put out a forecast. They're forecasting that the one-year interest rate will fall over the next 12 months from about 7.4% down to 5.9%. That's about a 1.5% drop. Now, let's just put that into perspective. On a half a million dollar mortgage, uh, if you're outside of Auckland and you've got one of those, uh, that would mean that your weekly repayment 
payment could drop by about $115 a week. So the best thing that could possibly happen, I think, for a lot of Kiwis is if the Reserve Bank and Adrian Orr keep on tackling inflation to get the cost of living down, and then hopefully if we see interest rates come down in line with those ANZ forecasts, that is going to help a lot of mortgage holders, a lot of householders all around New Zealand. So as an economist, when you see this kind of information being released by a credible source, because obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't be sharing it with us if it wasn't, how do you interpret that for yourself? When you think about the timing, what sort of timing do you think about when you read this information? The main thing I start to do is compare it with their previous forecasts. So do they think that things are going to get better or do they think things are going to get worse? And if you compare this forecast to their previous one, it's a bit of a downgrade, and that's actually a good thing in this case. So previously they thought the one-year interest rate would stay pretty high throughout this year. Now they're saying, actually, no, we think there's going to be some pretty big falls. Now, of course, it hasn't happened yet, so there's always some risk. Just because ANZ economists come out and say that it's going to happen doesn't mean that this is exactly what is going to happen. But when you compare the two forecasts, you say, I think things are heading in the right direction. Sounds like Adrian or the economists at the Reserve Bank are heading in the right direction too. Why would the ANZ Economist be releasing this sort of information about now, or is this a regular time that you'd be expecting it? Oh, they release a new report every single month with all of their forecasts, and all of the major banks do. ANZ is probably the most explicit around its interest rate forecasts. How does that sound to you, Ali? Yeah, good. But my question is, Ed, you being the economist, are we seeing these movements reflected in the deposit interest rates as well? I haven't seen deposit interest rates fall just yet. I think they're still pretty high from what I've seen, which is obviously good for anybody who's got a term deposit in the bank. I'll tell you something interesting that I am seeing. Although the one-year interest rate that all of the banks are advertising is around 7.4%, uh, I'm talking to a lot of mortgage brokers and mortgage advisors, and I'm hearing that there's quite a bit of discounting going on in the background, up to 0.4% off. Good to know, Ed. Ed McKnight, Ali Jones, they're our panellists this afternoon. Look forward to you joining us after the news next with Marama.